We always enjoy our conversations with David Hurst, reporter of the Tribune Democrat. It's been a few months since we've talked to David, and it seems as if we have uh, more interesting things uh, to talk about. Good to have you with us today, Dave. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be here, Bo. It's been a uh, theme of the last couple conversations that I've had with your colleagues at the Tribune Democrat, but slowly but surely, this region, getting back to normal, I got to attend a couple of really cool events over this weekend and last week, too. I mean, great things happened in uh, in Johnstown with the Juneteenth celebration, um, Polka Fest the week before. But I understand that you were in Nanny Glow, and uh, that's a pretty big event that they have on a yearly basis up there, too. Yeah, that's that's right. They um, uh, talked with the, the fire department uh just a few minutes ago and um, spent some time up there, and uh, they were glad to get that going again. They said they were really hoping to make it an annual thing, and then it was just like everything else, uh, COVID kind of forced them to hit the brakes, but mm-hmm. uh, they were uh, flipping uh, sizzling racks of uh, chicken over top of uh, charcoal pits, and uh, there was a uh, crowd starting to funnel in there, and, you know, kind of a reminder of uh, just sort of what we all kind of take took for granted and, you know, glad to have back. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget just how communities, how fire departments, community organizations missed out on all these fundraising activities. They didn't get the sell tickets. They didn't get the charge admission. For a lot of these organizations, that's the lifeblood. That's what keeps them going. And it's nice to see um, these groups able to do this once again. I'm sure there were people up in Nanny Glow very happy about this. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned this was their second fundraiser in, you know, the 15-month period. Mm-hmm. There would have been many more than that uh, if this was a quote-unquote normal year. And uh, you could tell, like, I mean, the, the people I talked to, that was on their minds. Uh, there was there was uh, one lady I talked to, Shirley, she was uh, dropping tickets into uh, baskets, and she said, um, doing it for the fire department, but uh, she said she was also really excited to uh, just be out and, and just appreciating this again. She said, it's like we can live again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing I was struck by is just the fact, you know, at, at Polka Fest, that just seeing all the people that I knew, obviously, seeing out that I expected, but... Being that it's been so long since we've been able to do this on a regular basis, I swear to you, there were so many out-of-towners, there were so many people from other communities that were just happy to get out to participate to do that. And again, I'm sure with Nanny Glow, that brings out you know people from, from all areas. I'm sure there were a ton of people just happy to socialize. And yeah, it was nice to see, uh, nice to see they were able to keep, uh, keep Polka Fest um. Mm-hmm happening this year despite those challenges no doubt we're talking to david hurst of the tribune democrat reporter i also understand uh with this weekend with these events sometimes you have to be concerned about the conditions out there my goodness that can make or break one of these events yeah that's right um they uh the nanny glow uh folks had to cancel uh their uh planned kayak race but uh, they had, you know, other things under tent. They had other things uh, inside their fire station. So uh, they were able to uh, keep the event going regardless. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you never know what uh, Mother Nature will bring, be it uh, weather or uh, 
in uh, Bedford County's case, uh, a uh, large swarm of uh, cicadas. The cicadas. And I think this is a great topic to get into right now because you had something extremely interesting about cicadas. I have to confess to you, David Hurst, that I asked my wife, who is somebody that loves nature, that knows everything about every insect and so forth and, you know, birds and all that stuff, but especially insects as well, what this is all about. Why has there been so much discussion about cicadas? I'm kind of late to hopping on the bus on this, so if you could please explain to me what's, what's going on here. Sure, I'll, yeah, I'll do my best. Um, there are cicadas every year uh, in, in, in small numbers, but uh, what we have right now is a uh, once every 17-year brood called Brood X, and um, they're, they're stretching from uh, through five or six states um, and the eastern half of Pennsylvania stretching west the whole way to um, pretty much the Somerset County line. Mm-hmm. They sort of burrow underground um, for, for 17 years, and then they come out uh, flying, looking for love. So wow. Just, just, Is that right? They're, yeah. They're, big, yeah. They're, they're, they're bigger than the typical cicadas you'd see, and they're obviously coming out in numbers mm-hmm. larger than the uh, variety that you would normally see. Have you experienced anything personally with cicadas? I was down in Bedford County last week and uh, got to hear their uh, beautiful song um, up close. And mm-hmm. I was in Bedford Borough. And so, of course, the trees, you know, the density of trees is, you know, much thinner than it would be if we were, you know, standing at Shawnee or uh, toward, the, toward the east there. And, I mean, you still, I mean, it was a, it was a steady sound. The entire time I was there, mm-hmm. um, you'd see something fly past you. You look down, it was a uh, crash-landing uh, cicada falling to the ground right in front of you. I would not know what a cicada is. I mean, is there anything distinctive about them that you could point out that you know for sure that it is a cicada? You know what? It's one of those things, once you see them, you're like, well, that's got to be one. Mm. Um, they're, they're big, though. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, as a uh, park naturalist told me she goes they kind of look like aliens with wings i mm-hmm. mean they're about an inch long yeah um big red eyes they just look like they look like something out of a you know 50s sci-fi movie really? or something but yeah but and that freaks people out but i mean the, the real kind of key message is i mean they're they're not going to hurt anybody mm-hmm. uh, they don't bite they they eat plants they, you know they might land on you and you'll kind of feel that because they have sort of prickly legs, so to speak. Yeah, and the size, but, um, yeah. I mean, They're just basically flying around looking for love. Interesting. And uh, yeah. they're not going to last very long. It tells you something also just about the beauty of nature, the rhythm of, of every 17 years. That's fascinating. Every 17 years, boom, here they're back again. And it just so happens that now it's one of these cycles. Yeah, it really is. It's a neat thing. I mean, because it's like kind of a survivor story. You know, they've been doing this forever mm-hmm. so to speak i mean these are these are bugs that you know whose ancestors you know go back to like the jurassic period mm. um hmm. bob dylan's song the day of the locusts i believe it was mm-hmm. um you know that was when he was um in princeton miscredited uh the song their song to um locusts when of course it was actually the uh 17 year uh brood x wow. that was 
flying overhead. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Well, as I said, you know, I, I, I wanted to go out and get more educated about this stuff here, so you certainly helped me. And so David Hurst, reporter of the Tribune Democrat. And um, there was a, a just a great editorial in the paper, the weekend section, in regard to vaccinations among prison staff members. And I realized that this is a very sensitive topic. And actually, anything that involves vaccination um, is very controversial, you know, because you're going to have um, various arguments from a lot of different people. But my goodness, this is especially true when it comes to a prison population, because we have had some issues with COVID in the prisons. And I know that some of the information that was given in that editorial was from uh, research that you did, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, the, uh, uh, and, we're, and we're talking, you know, to be specific here about, about state prisons. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, vaccination rates are published or are posted just like just about any other rate you want to look for by the state of Pennsylvania, in this case, the uh, Department of Corrections, which also um, posts figures on inmates who receive vaccinations. I think what has garnered a lot of attention, too, is the fact that the rate of vaccinations among inmates is very high. It's higher than our region's county averages, uh, up yeah. in, well into the 70s, mid-70 percentile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you look at, at first glance, the rates of our region's state prisons. Uh, we're talking FCI Somerset, uh, Laurel Highlands, uh, where the rate is um, appears to be significantly smaller. Uh, yeah. I think it's about 25% at uh, FCI yeah. Somerset, mm-hmm. 31% at Laurel Highlands, which is uh, a facility that primarily cares for the um, Pennsylvania's sickest, most care-needy inmates, uh, many of whom are uh, in their advanced years. Mm-hmm. Part of this controversy is, obviously, uh, individual has the right to determine what they want to do in regard to the vaccination, if they want it or not. But yet, um, we have had such problems in these state prisons with people getting getting COVID, where it becomes a matter where, you know, should the state determine that their employees be vaccinated, right? I mean, this becomes a very debated issue. And I think that's what, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, what makes it uh, such a such a talker, yeah. why people have such strong opinions on, on both sides of the fence on this. I mean, it is, it's a personal, you know, just like for you and me, I mean, it, it is a personal choice for these um, prison staff members, uh, whether they uh, want to do this or not. And, um, and I think, I think the, the the one thing about these rates are, is these numbers are only counting the number of staff members who are getting their vaccinations through the prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, as my story on um, June third noted, uh, these numbers could be could be significantly off because of that. Right. In in this case, you know, uh, talking. Let's let's talk about SCI Somerset, for example, um, their, their staff and inmates had the opportunity to get the uh, Johnson & Johnson mm-hmm. vaccine. And that one um, ended up, of course, be going getting a pause uh, because there was concern 
about about blood a few cases of blood clotting. Right. And of course, I mean, it ended up being halted for a while. They 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 checked out checked it out. It turned out that the um, blood clotting risk is uh, very low, lower mm-hmm. than uh, being a regular smoker. But that scared people. That scared some people off. Right. And just because someone may not have wanted to get their vaccine at their workplace, in this case the prison facility, didn't mean doesn't mean that they might not have went to their neighborhood pharmacy yeah. or a local clinic um, and received um, a dose just like many of us did. Right. Uh, and their numbers wouldn't be counted. So uh, as the uh, prison um, union officials have said, it is, these, these numbers uh, in their in their eyes, you know, should have an asterisk because of that. Mm, um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you hear an argument where both sides just have valid valid points. You know, it, it, this is a matter in which it's uh, individual freedom versus the common good, and um, both sides obviously very passionate about how they feel about this. And again, I mean, that's pretty much what you've heard in regard to anything when it's come to the, you know, the COVID vaccination. I believe our last conversation that we had was, you know, comparing, you know, what the general public was doing and how the rates were kind of similar in uh, Cambry County compared to to what we've seen in in Somerset County, too. But it's interesting to see the way the numbers are going to adjust, especially as the summer goes on, because I don't think that we're going to get to the rates that the governor and the federal government uh, thought that we would, right? You know, you, you definitely see the the number of people being vaccinated on a weekly basis going down. Mm-hmm. And I do, and I, I mean, I think a good part of that is, is the people who wanted it most have gotten it. Yes. Um, now, I mean, now that now that um, younger children are going to be able to get this, I mean, that's going to sort of feed the feed the number a bit mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean it, it'll be interesting to see how how this um sort of where this ends up and yeah. of course we don't know what i mean it just seems like things are just getting better and better and better who's to say mm-hmm. that there's not a change and then all of a sudden you know maybe some more people decide to do it but mm-hmm. um time will tell yeah time will tell and it's going to be interesting to see the way this way this plays out during the uh, summer months and then into the fall, obviously. David Hurst, if uh, people want to reach out to you, they have a story that they want to tell, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, They can uh, call me at uh, 532-5053, or they can email me. Um, My email's uh, D as in David, H-U-R-S-T, at tribdem.com. Always interesting subject matter, and I'm sure also some interesting stuff on the horizon as well. And so uh, always look forward to every conversation with you. Same here. David Hurst, reporter, Tribune Democrat. As always, Dave, thanks so much for taking the time today, and uh, really appreciate this conversation. Hey, thanks a lot for having me.